thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Always very kind and very gracious. Um, I uh, had some fancy slides done and a whole bunch of stuff like that, but I'm not sure we're going to take that whole approach, just so you know, okay? <laughs> um, uh, just in worship, I'm, I'm, I was just, um, yeah, I mean, I'm in the middle of worship, and worship was so good. How was, was it good? Yeah. Eh? It was so good. I just hang out there. I thought, why we just, who needs to listen to me? Just hang out with Jesus a bit more, you know what I mean? Come on. That's all it takes, right? And, and in that time, my little guy was just dancing and having his own little time up here, you know? And every once in a while, he'd just come to me, and he'd take his head, and he's buried his head in between my legs and just hang out there. Like, and, 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 it was that, and it was like just God saying, hey, that's, that's all I want. Come hang around, have some fun, dance around, have some fun, and just come hang out with me. Just hang out with me. And then my little guy grabbed my hand because he knew I was uh, preaching and I, think, and I told him I was going to be up here. Daddy's speaking up here. And he kept grabbing my hand and going, you there, you there, you there. No, not yet, boy. They're still singing. No, you there. I know, not yet. You know. He's going, push, come on, Dad. Come do it, Dad. You know? um, and I thought, that's just so, that's, isn't it just like us and Jesus, us with the Father, you know, come, God, come, come look over there, look over there, look what we can do, you know? Um, and he's so excited just to partner with you. I don't know about you, but this whole week, I mean, with the Bethel team here and the guys from BSSM and, and Rich was here this morning for the two services with the team, and this whole week's just been an incredible week. I mean, uh, a few nights of incredible worship, just worship through the roof, God's presence just manifesting himself with us, uh, seeing incredible miracles happen during the week, hearing incredible testimonies happening during the week. Then this morning again, just God moving and ministering, just loving, just a gentle spirit of just loving and embracing us this morning. It was so, so good. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be great to be like that all the time? Yeah. Why not? Right, why not? Why do we have this word revival, like revive, like we need some kind of reviving? We should be vival only, you know, not revival, just vival. We're not a revival church, we're a vival church. That we just live in this presence continuously, you know? And that's what we want. We want just vival, no revival, vival only, you know? We should have church printed up vival, you know, what's that? No, we don't revive, revive, okay? We just live in His presence. Every Sunday, every time we gather together, when we're at homes having dinner, we should break out and worship and sing. Just have His presence everywhere. In our business spaces, when things are going wrong, we shouldn't be going, oh, it's so bad, it's so bad. No, we should be speaking life over our businesses. This should be our normal life like we had this week. This should be every day for us. That's normal, isn't it? Resurrection life of Jesus. The Bible says, tells us that, that we've got the same life that Jesus had in him to raise him from the grave. We've got that same life inside of us. The Spirit of the Father is inside of us. That same thing that raised Jesus from the grave is inside of us. We want more resurrection life. I don't know about you, right? I need more resurrection life in my life. My, my wife's just spent a week in the hospital because of unknown pain. All the doctors come away going, don't know. All the tests come back fine. Thank goodness. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing major wrong. Can't see anything. But she has this pain consistently. She's living on pain meds to survive during her day at the moment. If she goes off pain meds, she's in the bed crying because she's in pain. It's been escalating for four months. My business is not a great space right now. It's been months of not being in a great space. Like many of you as I chat around. <laughs> it's a difficult space. I don't know about you, but I need more of his resurrection life in my life. And we charismatics get excited by that, don't we? Yes, Jesus, resurrection life, yes. We love miracles. We love supernatural signs and wonders. We love it all. But there's this problem. 
<laughs> there's this problem we've kind of got. There's a little hiccup with this resurrection life thing. See, if we want more resurrection life, there's a little thing that has to happen for resurrection life to happen. If you want more of his presence, you want more of the resurrection life of Jesus manifesting, showing up in your life regularly, daily, showing up in your life consistently, there's a little problem. There's a little hurdle to have resurrection life in your life. In, in uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 says this, Jesus told his disciples, so his dudes, the guys around him who were with him every day, right? They're living resurrection life with Jesus. They're seeing it regularly. He said, if anyone, including you dudes, okay, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Sounds so simple. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. <laughs> Jesus was saying, if anybody comes after me, that was if you want to, that word after is opiso, means if you want to follow me. The word follow there means I want to focus on Jesus, get directly behind him, lock on him, and nothing I see is only, the only thing I see is him, nothing else. I want, if you want to come after me, and if you want to get behind me and lock on to me, see me, see who I am, experience who I am, if you want that, if anyone is to walk with me, walk after me and focus on me, then all he has to do is deny themselves, take up their cross. Wait, that's the problem, isn't it? See, for resurrection life to happen, death has to happen. <laughs> There's no resurrection life unless something's dead first. Now, we want more of the Spirit and the presence of the Father. We want more of the resurrection life in our families, in our bodies, in our businesses, in our marriages, in our churches. We want the resurrection life of Jesus, but we really don't want to die. Matter of fact, many of us, <laughs> see, we could go to play. I don't, I just, trust me, it's coming to a bit hard in the beginning. It's better in the end, I promise, okay? <laughs> I promise we get there. Because I want us to experience more of what we experienced this last week. I want to have more of that in my personal life. Paul says I have to die daily. You want to see resurrection life, there's a continual dying process for resurrection to happen. When something dies in you, Jesus says, now I can bring it back to life the way I want it to be. But many of us want the resurrection life, but we don't want to die. We're actively trying to run away from dying, doing everything possible to keep from dying because we want to be comfortable. So we go shopping a lot. Because it makes us feel good about ourselves, resurrection life, kind of. <laughs> See, we're actually addicted to resurrection life. We really are. We're made, we're wired to be in resurrection life. We're addicted to resurrection life, but we don't like the dying part. So we've created these other things that we can kind of feel like is resurrection life without actually going through the death process. We go to movies, and we go out to dinner, and we drive nice cars, and we live nice houses, and we try to have a nice life and a comfortable life, and we try to look good in church, and we try to look like we have a nice family, and look like everything's okay here, and everything's okay there, everything's perfect and rosy, and it's all great, and we have great social media feeds. Look here, look here, look here, look here, look here. <laughs> With the perfect backgrounds all the time. You notice it, right? <laughs> So everything looks amazing, like resurrection life is just happening, it's incredible, and yet inside, our, we are screaming inside, because it's not resurrection life, it's a false resurrection life. 
and we play games because we won't take up the cross. We won't go through the death process. A number of years ago, long, too long ago, <laughs> it's about 15 years ago, we were busy planting a church in Mexico. Probably one of the most difficult times outside of the last four months, let's say, <clears throat> of our life. Incredibly difficult. The culture shock, the language, it was a church that was in absolute destitute poverty. Uh, I think I've shared this before, you know, we met above like a butcher, and the butcher, uh, there was like no coolers. It was just raw meat, <laughs> there, you know, and you'd walk in, you'd, when they weighed the meat, it's like, is that wheat or flies? Meat or flies? Which is it? Like, take the flies off, you know? It's cheaper price if you take the flies off, kind of thing, right? <laughs> it was old mangy dog outside, like you want to know, it's like, this is the guard dog? What's it? He'd just look at you, he's gruffy and, <laughs> uh, and, and we had led this little church there, it was incredibly difficult. We'd been there about six months in the just absolute pit. I mean, we were, I would come out in the mornings and I would just be crying. You want to kick the dog for no reason, you know? Uh, Vanessa was crying all the time. I was crying all the time. I was like, God, what are you doing? And I remember we had a two-week reprieve. We went back into the U.S. for a friend's wedding and then we stopped by some other friends of ours' house, Ken and Michelle Grinfeld. They were at a church just around the corner of Emmanuel for a while. Then they had a church in Washington, D.C. We went by to visit them for a weekend and I minister at the church as well. And I remember on one of the afternoons, we're at a house, and I'll never forget it, their lounge. We're just chatting about Mexico, and I'm just crying and sobbing. How difficult. And, oh, it's so terrible. Oh, I remember being uh, literally on my knees on the carpet going, it's just so terrible. It feels like I'm dying. And I remember King going, well, that's not a bad thing. That's not what I wanted in that moment, right? <laughs> You're pouring your heart out. I feel like I'm dying. He wants me to go, oh, shame, it's okay. And King goes, well, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> now, it took me a number of years to process that, okay? But I realized he's exactly right, that dying is not a bad thing. Matter of fact, death has become a gateway for us. It's not a stopping point any longer. Death is not a stopping point. It's a transformation point now. We think of death as being a bad thing. It's not. It's a really good thing. So if you're going through a difficult space right now, maybe you've got pain in your body, pain in your life, pain in your business, pain in your marriage, pain in your church, not this church, some other church. Pain, <laughs> if you've got pain and difficulty and suffering and discomfort going on, you're probably going through a transformation process, a death process, and resurrection life is coming. We should get excited by that. Now, most of us don't die easily. I don't, generally speaking. I don't die easily. That period in Mexico was very difficult for us. I didn't die easily. Eventually, I died, though. And out of that death, some amazing things came out to the other side. We saw churches planted. We saw lives saved. We saw people's healed, bodies healed. We saw transformation of people's relationships. We saw incredible things because somebody chose to die. I remember being in, in Brazil, uh, we were planning a church in North Carolina, and um, had the opportunity to go to Brazil and do some speaking there, and, and while I was in Brazil, somebody was actively, and it was a particularly, really difficult time in the church. It was just some things, some, you know, power struggles. You know, there's still people in churches, unfortunately, right? <laughs> there's still people in churches. And, and, and there are power struggles taking place, and I was on this trip to Brazil, and power struggles were happening at home, and I was like, ah, God, what are you doing? Ah, it feels like I'm dying here. Ah, yeah, exactly. Some of the most amazing services I've ever been a part of, amazing meetings I've ever been a part of, were those meetings in Brazil, 
They were to pray for a young 11-year-old boy, like this little boy you're praying for now, had a degenerative eye disease. Both eyes, same thing with the cornea going wrong, getting more and more blind. He's 11 years old. Family brought him forward. The grandmother and the mom brought him forward. Prayed for the little boy. I'm crying. He's crying. I put both my, remember, forget it, put both my thumbs into his eyes like this and pray for this child. <laughs> He's crying. I'm crying. We stopped praying. We looked. We tested it out. The boy could see. He could see more clearly. I was blown away. Like, you did it. You really did it. You know? Who cares what's going on at home? Who cares why I was dying? I don't care. This is amazing. Because resurrection life was happening right there. And then we went on praying for some other people. And the next thing I know, the boy's there back and he's brought his dad. And they tell me through the interpreter, no, no, that this is the son. And you've, he's been healed now. But now his dad wants prayer because he's got the same disease and he's blind as well. So me, I'm like, ah, two times. Whew, I don't know about this, you know. <laughs> and I felt this father speak. Have the son pray for his father. And so he got the man to kneel down on his knees, and his boy took both his hands and he put it over his eyes like this. And the boy just began to weep. He couldn't even pray, he just began to weep. And as he weeped, the father began to weep. When there were a few moments, the father stood up, and guess what? He could see as well. <laughs> on the same night, we saw an older lady, probably close to her 80. She hadn't walked in five years in a wheelchair because of arthritis in her knees, arms, elbows, legs, just riddled with arthritis. Hadn't walked in four or five years. Brought her forward in a wheelchair. We're praying for this lady. People were praying, 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 praying. We're like, we just got to take, forget praying, let's do something now. So I grabbed her hand, she stood up out of the wheelchair. She stood up and we began to walk back and forth, back and forth. And pretty soon this little 80-year-old lady was like doing a little run, you know, like this. <laughs> Hadn't walked in five years. We saw miracle after miracle. We saw elbows that had been moved, had, were locked, big bulges like this, frozen for years and years and years, opened up and suddenly they could worship freely for the first time. We saw many miracles in those meetings over and over again. Crazy meetings. I mean, people, it was insane what was happening. And yet it was incredibly difficult back at home at that time. One of the churches we went to, went to the church, was probably about a, a thousand people, it was a, a balcony up, a, a big balcony. It was a half-finished church, pretty standard for Brazil. The church was about half-finished. Balcony was packed. People were packed. I mean, they're jammed in there. People everywhere. There was no aisles. There was nothing. People all over the balconies. There were no railings on the balconies because it was half-finished. There's seats, concrete seats. So I'm busy preaching, and as I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit begins manifesting whatever I preached. So I was preaching on the anointings and four key things you see when the anointing comes and the Holy Spirit comes. And every time I'd talk about one, it would start happening in the meeting. Crazy. It took me over two hours to preach the message because I had to stop 15 minutes for every point because stuff was happening. And at one point, I just didn't, I, people were wanting to get ministered to, they wanted prayer, and you couldn't get to people because they're up on the, the balcony. I was like, I don't know what to do. I said, just, Jesus, touch them. And like this, and people started falling out <laughs> all over the place. Here's the edge of the balcony. People are falling out, falling over the balcony, nothing to a concrete floor. There are ushers with red vests, I'll never forget it, climbing over people, whoa, grabbing them by the shirt and pulling them back over as they're falling out. Nobody died that night. Yes, Jesus! <laughs> All that, while it was difficult at home, we felt like we're being died, we're just ripped to shreds inside. Vanessa and I, and no way to brag, but I think through the years we've learned that when things get really, really tough, it's because he's taken us from one glory to another glory, from glory to glory. And there's a space in between. There's a space from the old life, the old glory that we had, to the new glory he wants to bring us, the new resurrection life. There's a space in between which we call death, which is now a gateway for us into the new glory. And we heard word after word after word this week about what God wants to do, what the Father wants to do in the life of this church, in the life of our city. 
How people have dreamed of this. How even Bethel, which is kind of like the charismatic Mecca right now, right? Okay? And no offense, I mean, people flock there. We were there a few weeks ago, and people from all over the world are flocking there, just wanting to be in the presence of the Father. And those people are coming here from Bethel, coming here to this church, to this city, saying, God is doing something amazing here. We want this to happen more at Bethel. And we go, that's nice. Why? Because we're afraid of the transition death process. Denying ourselves, Possibly becoming like David, dancing in our underwear, losing all dignity. So we have to keep it together. We've got to look the part. We've got to walk the part. We've got to have the right car and the right space where the kids are in the right school, wear the right clothes, be seen with the right people, with the right hair, with the right styles. We've got to have all the stuff right so we can pretend we're really here, but actually we know we're not. And then we come week after week wanting more. We want more. We want more. And God goes, I want to give you more. I want, I, want you to, I want you to have more of my presence. I want more resurrection life for you. You just got this little thing of transition to go through. <laughs> Death process. The power is in the process. We get our, our identities locked onto this old way, the old life, the old way of thinking. We get locked into that. And then sometimes we get in the middle of the death process, a difficult space. We're in it right now as a family. It's a difficult space for us. And if we're not careful, some of us will get our identities locked here. And we become victims to life circumstances. And we blame everything and everybody else. And we whine and moan and complain and woes me. And we manipulate and try to do everything we can to meet our needs here because we're a victim to society, a victim of life. And we stay stuck in a death process. And sometimes we get through it once in a while and we get out here to a new way of thinking, a new way of life, a resurrection life. But then this we get stuck in too because there's more that God has for us. We get stuck in this new way and we stay there. And then as good charismatics, we tell the people back over here, you just need to be like me. If you just did, you would be here. We're going to prophesy to you to be here. We're going to tell you to be here. We're going to say you need to believe to be here. You're a son. You belong here. You're a son. You belong here. We're stuck here. Our identity, can I tell you a secret? Our identity is not here in the old life. Our identity is not in the death. Our identity is not in the new life. Our identity is in the process of resurrection, which is continuously from old to death to new. From old to death to new. Our identity is in resurrection life, which means there are continual dying for continual resurrection life to happen. That's our identity. The more difficult it is for you right now, the more glory awaits. <laughs> the more difficult it is, the more resurrection life awaits. And some of you have gone through the difficulty and you're living in the resurrection life at this moment. Well done, but don't stop because there's more. There's more. I don't want my wife to be in pain anymore. I don't want to worry about what bill is bouncing this month. You see, it's easy. I could pretend I'm over here right now. We've just been at Bethel. It's a great space. 
all over social media, preaching up there with Chris Valentin, hanging out with Danny as a mate. We can pretend we're here. Got a new book out. Sales are going well. People say, man, life is amazing. It's going incredible. It's amazing for you right now. It is amazing. Look at opportunity, and this is happening, and that's what's happening. And we're like, yeah, I'm torn because I'm like, I see what you see, which is you see me here in this space, but I'm telling you right now, I am in this space. And it's not fun. I wrestled even tonight. How much do I share about this space we're in right now? Because I want to take away from what God's doing. It's incredible. It's fun and it's exciting. I want to hear great testimonies. And yet something of the vulnerable nature of just who I am says I can't. I can't pretend I'm something I'm not right now. I can't, pre- I can't even motivate you to be somewhere I'm not right now. I'm right here. And I know some of you are right here as well. Because I'm talking to you. And I want to say, Harvest Church, if we want to see more of the glory of the Father in our midst, we want to see more of his presence in our families and our businesses, we want to see more breakthrough in our lives, in our context, in our churches, we want to see more healings, more supernatural signs and wonders, more of his presence, more salvations, more blessing, more provision. We want to see more of his kingdom. Then let's start getting real about where we are. Not doom and outcast, oh, things are terrible and it's bad. No. The one thing Vanessa and I have learned, we've learned in our family, is we've been through this death process enough times where we've learned it's a lot easier if you just go with the flow now. Don't fight it. Don't cry. It's not, no, no, no. I'm over no, no. This is so good. No. Okay, I'll go see a movie. We've learned. Just go through the process. And you can go through this process with joy. You can ask my boys, the last few weeks, how much have we laughed around the table? Literally, hysterically laughed. I don't know what's going on. My little guy, Aaron, he's just got the giggles, whistling around the table, and just said, and just everybody starts laughing. Every night at the dinner table, just about. Landon giggles his hat off. He, he laughs, and even when nobody's laughing, he fakes laughs to get you laughing. <laughs> That's little Landon. He'll sit at the dinner table, and we'll be sitting eating and chatting, and he'll go, ha, 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 ha. We'll go, ha, <laughs> ha. <laughs> Next time we're all laughing. <laughs> we're enjoying the death. <laughs> You're laughing and crying pretty similar, right? <laughs> this is crying, <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Same noise. Just turn the frown around, okay? death is a transition it's not supposed to be difficult it should be a joyous occasion (laughs) it should be the most fun we have it's not all great all the time Yesterday, I was in a bad headspace yesterday. I was not in a good headspace. I was fighting. Ah. And the problem was this. My focus was in the wrong position. Because in the death space, I was focused on me 
and this is difficult for me, and I got to shoulder so much, and this is da, 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 and people are expecting this. I'm preaching here tomorrow night, and I'm preaching at a men's conference next weekend, another church next weekend, and dealing with a church leadership team, and dealing with a marriage over here, and somebody's over here, and woe's me, 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 oh, woe is me. And death sucked yesterday, <laughs> pretty much. And realize what gets us through the key to getting us from old life to new life, through the transition, through the gateway of life, which is death, to get us through that space is what are we focused on? Because Jesus said, if you want to come after me, knows lock on to me, after me, right behind locked on. But then he says, if they want to come after me, take up the cross and follow. The word follow to me is a very big Greek word. Basically, it means this. It means two different particles, two different beings coming together as one. So you come after me first. Take up your cross and take up your cross. Deny yourself and die, and then we become one. Here we're just following. Lots of people follow Jesus. <laughs> but we go through death, we go through the transition of life into becoming one with him. So we've got to change our perspective, reframe how we view these difficult spaces. Yes, it is still a difficult time. It's still not fun sometimes, but we're learning to enjoy the process. Heard someone say a few weeks ago, and I thought, that's my new phrase. That's exactly it. It doesn't matter what bill collector calls my house. It doesn't matter how many times they call about my car payment. I'll be honest, but can a lady call about the car payment two weeks ago? Daddy, you don't even pay your car payment. I said, listen, I'll pay my car payment gladly as soon as some clients pay me. <laughs> Would you have any idea when that'll be? I don't know. Would you like their numbers? You can call them and ask them for me. That's exactly what I told the lady, very politely. I told her that. You, uh, help me out here. You want to pay me? You pay me? I'll work it out, you know. I'll give you a cut. What do you want? You know? <laughs> We're in that space on the phone, and the, the lady's calling, and it's a difficult thing, but then I realize, you know what? That debt, that every intention is to pay it, it's not I'm absconding on my, on my stuff. I'm trying to do my best. I'm doing my part in this, okay? I'm going through death as best I can. The rest is the Father's responsibility. He is my provider, not my clients, not my bank account, not the credit card people. We don't have credit cards. None of those people are my providers. My Father's my provider. And He's already determined that when I leave this physical space, I'm going home naked anyway. <laughs> so what am I fighting about? What am I stressing over? I'm stressing that you might find out I'm late on my car payment. Guess what? I'm late on my car payment. <laughs> and I just spoke at Bethel. <laughs> and I got a new book that's out. And I can't pay all my bills this month. Do you see? The enemy will want you to play a game. Either get stuck with your identity here or even get stuck with your identity over here. Whatever you do, don't go through this space. Because he knows that when believers go through a space of death, they always get raised to life. The Father leaves nothing dead when he touches it. He brings everything to life when he speaks. The question is, will you go through the transition? It's a gateway to a better life. We are getting more and more excited about this space. 
Difficult, yes, but we're getting more and more excited about it because the more painful it gets for us, even physical pain for my wife, even she's learning to fight in a much, even better than I am, quite honestly. I get a little cold this week and like, oh, I can't do anything. Man flu, you know, it's the real thing, it's a real deal. I had it this week. It was difficult, painful. My wife is in bed crying because she's in pain so much at times. And yet she's learned, she's in that space. I go, I can always tell, she'll be downstairs doing something and suddenly she disappears. I know, she's gone to the bedroom. And I'll sneak up there a little while later and there she is, she's lying in bed, in pain, and she's got her Bible open, she's reading and praying. She said the other day, when I'm in pain, I know I just go to the Psalms and just focus there, focus there. She's going through death, and yet she knows there's where I belong. Not here. I'm transitioning to life. I'm transitioning to life. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's taking place here. I don't know what's going on in my body here. The doctors can't find out, but I know you are my provider. You are my healer, and I will get to resurrection life. I don't have all the answers to get here. Most of the time, when you call somebody like me into your life or your business, you're usually here. (laughs) When the marriage is blowing up, when the business is difficult, don't know what to do, they call me. Come into death space. And can I be honest with you? Most of the time, I have no clue how to get you through the process. But the Father does. You don't have to have all the answers when you're going through a death process. Your job is not to have the answers. Your job is to lay down and die. Because the moment death, that moment, that spot, whatever it is the Father's work on your life, the moment death happens, that thing, suddenly you're free and resurrection life comes. I'm quite excited tonight because tonight you're going to walk away. One or two things are going to happen tonight in your perspective of me. One or two things. You're going to walk away going, gee, I thought it was really successful. It wasn't so great. Yeah, I don't know. Business is really going to tank now. Okay? <laughs> don't call Adam. He's on his way down. Uh-uh. Okay? Don't jump on a sinking ship, buddy. Stay away. He's not paying his bills, and his business is failing, his wife's in pain, he's letting her cry all the time, and this is happening, and this is, all that's going to take place. Or you're going to walk away going, hey, she's what the heck are they being set up for? Yeah. And can I say the same thing about you? When you become vulnerable and open your life up to someone, you don't have to do it in front of a platform of a bunch of people, okay? I understand that. But when you become vulnerable with someone, it provides a space for death to happen so much more easily because I don't have to worry about what you think any longer because you all know now. And you're going to tell other people. So pretty soon this whole city will know it. I don't care. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to wrestle with that yesterday and today. I had to wrestle with that. My own pride. Somebody said this morning, if you need help, you better ask. Three times, don't let your pride get in the way. This morning, to me, said that to me. Those exact words, do not let your pride get in the way. I'm like, I'm not prideful. I'm a good guy. I'm a humble guy. I'm not prideful. I go home and say, what are you afraid of? That everybody will find out. That I need to help. Pride. Lay down and die, Adam. Just be a dumb sheep and lay there. That's all you got to do. Don't have to have any answers. Just lie there. And the moment you lie there, the moment death comes, resurrection life is here because now you're free. What are you going through in your life right now? You know what? Not to bring this idea of suffering. I don't want to oh, I want to suffer, no. But, but you know what being really incredible as we walk out of here tonight going, I can't wait to die. What, what is it to me, God? Show me something. Show me something. Show me, show me, show me something. Where do I need to die in here? Show me something going on. 
Because I know the moment this thing dies, ooh, better over here. It becomes a much quicker process than fighting and fighting and pushing and trying to stave away the death. Resurrection life can't happen until death happens first. It's a gateway. It's only a gateway. It's a transition. It's a better thing coming. Don't worry. What are you going through? Is your marriage in a difficult space? If it is, ask for help. Ask someone. Before you leave here tonight, ask someone for help. They may not, you may not have that. People may come to you and say, hey, listen, this is going to happen to me. I need some help. You may not have the answer. Find somebody else who does. Is your business in a difficult space? Ask for help. Either just prayer, just putting on the table. Guys, here's where we are. There's where we are. Not so we can all commiserate together. Oh, no, it's tough out there. Oh, no, it's really bad. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, oh, no. No. So we can say, this is where it is. Wow. Let's see what God's going to do over here. Let's start celebrating now as though it's already happened, what we spoke about this morning with Rich, eh? It's not happened yet, but let's start celebrating as though it is. <laughs> let's enjoy and let's live life as though it's already happened because we know that's what's coming. Because when you celebrate something, you generate it. You generate what you celebrate. We're not going to celebrate the death moment. We're celebrating transition into resurrection life. Your husband or wife, your spouse is being difficult right now. It's causing you pain. You're arguing all the time. And you can see this is what's wrong and this thing. And they did, did that and they need to change this and they need to change that. And you see all the stuff they can change. Can I ask you, sir or ma'am? When you look at your spouse, look at them through the eyes of death. Look at them through the eyes of resurrection. What does the Father see over their life? And you start treating them like the Father sees them and watch what happens. Versus seeing them like the enemy sees them, all the stuff that's wrong. That's celebrate what you're going to generate. Church, we are a growing church right now, in case you haven't noticed. In case you haven't noticed, things are moving here. Things are changing Colors are changing, things, carpets are changing, lights are changing, buildings are changing, it's changing more, maybe. This is changing more. <laughs> things are changing here, coffee shops are changing. We like some changes, we don't like some changes. And in the pain of the change, things start stretching and ligaments start being stretched and it gets sore and achy and we were a very close family and it's so nice and cozy and now it's way over there, it's my cousin and my brother and how do I get us back together again? And we, ah, we start complaining. I know we all get caught in that process and this isn't right and I don't like that and I don't like that. Rather than pointing out all the death, how about saying, that's a pain point, I'm going to celebrate life. We're going to believe for greater family context in this church, more than we've got right now. We're going to believe for more volunteers in the life of this church, more than we have right now. No more pain points because we're going to celebrate what we want to generate. We're going to speak resurrection life as we die gracefully. Your business is struggling, mine's struggling. And even though it's struggling right now, we're in this space and it's difficult and it's painful. I'm looking six months down the road and I'm preparing, I'm talking to people as though the business is down the road and setting things in place because I know life is coming. Life's coming. Because nothing that Jesus touches stays dead. What are you going through? I wonder if I can get a musician, keyboard, somebody, some music. Maybe you just want to sing. I don't know. <laughs> Anybody. The power is in the process of resurrection life.
The power is in the process from an old glory to death to the new glory, resurrection life. That's the power we live in continuously. You want to see more of the kingdom. We're, even, we're either moving our world closer to hell or closer to heaven. It's your choice every single day. And the choice is how much am I willing to die today to get more of heaven in my life? I want more of his presence. I want to see more supernatural things. I want to see breakthrough in my family life. I want to see breakthrough in my financial life. I want to see breakthrough in my wife's physical life. I want to see breakthrough in my business. I want to see breakthrough in your marriages and the marriages I'm dealing with. I want to see breakthrough in families. I want to see a greater breakthrough in the life of this church. Which tells me we got more dying to do. And we're going to celebrate all the way there. We're going to celebrate. We're going to laugh even sometimes when it's kind of forced. <laughs> like my little Landon. Because he's taught me something. That little boy at 18 months has taught me. Even when I have to force the laughter out, if I force it out, eventually the joy comes and I start laughing anyway. Because every single night he does it, and every single night we end up in absolute hysterical giggles around the table, all of us, because he's going, <laughs> We can laugh as we're dying because we know death has lost its sting. We can laugh because we know what's coming. We should get excited when things get difficult now. But what are you going through? I don't want to be callous because we're in it now ourselves. If you're going through a difficult space, can I ask you to, st everybody, can I ask everybody to stand first? Everybody stand. You're going through a difficult space. Business, marriage, physical, financial, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is. You are wrestling with something. There's some part of your life that's needing to die. <laughs> Some part of your life you need to just let go and begin laughing with the Father. But sometimes you need a bit of help for that. Sometimes you need a bit of extra encouragement for that. You need brothers and sisters to gather around you. People have gathered around us. This church has gathered around us. Over the week my wife was in the hospital, we had food upon food upon food come to our house. People were showing up at our house, just loving on us, just praying for us. People were going to the hospital. We were um, floored by the stuff that happened. Because you walked with us as we're going through a difficult space. Maybe you're in a good space and you needed to walk with some people through that death process. <laughs> but if you're here tonight and you're struggling, whatever it is, can I ask you, come stand down front with me. If you're struggling in any area, just come stand right down front. I'm here. I'm standing here with you. Come on a bit forward, a bit more. No minds. There's be some guys in here. Now imagine if every single one of you, whatever you're wrestling with, were to walk away stress-free tonight. No answers, nothing's changed yet, but the stress goes away. Because you know, you're in death, that means life's right there. Life's on the doorstep. Resurrection life is there. And imagine that resurrection life as the way God always does, the Father always does it, He never just changes the one thing that needs resurrection life. That resurrection life bleeds over into every area of your life. 
What if you were, because of what you're going through right now, God's allowing that process to take place because he wants you to carry more of his kingdom in every single thing you touch, every single life you touch. Father, right now, as these are standing here in front of you, your sons and daughters in the kingdom, wanting more of you in their life, desiring more of your presence, but know it is a difficult space right now. That it seems as the chaos of death is turning things upside down. It seems the chaos of just life itself is wrecking everything around, relationships, finances, spiritual things, physical things. It's wrecking and ruining, and it's painful, and it hurts. But just as you stepped over our planet and you saw chaos all around and you began to speak and order, life came in. I pray right now, Father, you would begin speaking order and life into every situation. Order and life in every situation. Whether circumstances change or not, that order would come into our hearts and our spirits, that stress and fretting and worrying and pain would go away in Jesus' name. That we can laugh in the face of the things we're going in right now. We can celebrate this moment right now because we know resurrection life is on our doorstep. No matter how great the pain, no matter how great the difficulty, resurrection life is there. 